At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now your co-hosts, MC Money, Sergeant the Creepy Soccer Dad, and Houts, MD. Hello everyone and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is MC Money, joined by Sergeant the Creepy Soccer Dad and Houts, MD. And we are launching this show, recording on a Wednesday night, dropping it here on Thursday morning in preparation for the Miami Dolphins' first preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, NFL season is right around the corner. Dolphins gearing up, finishing up a strong week of practice. Offense a little shaky. Going to be interesting to see what they do on Thursday night against the Buccaneers. If you're listening to this show after the first preseason game, we'll have the complete wrap-up and review of the game next week. But you can hear our thoughts and to keep listening because we have a lot of information that hopefully you would have seen during the game and take away with you as we head into the next one. Lots of things happening, lots of news around the Dolphins, some position battles starting to shake out a bit, some inside news and rumors coming your way in just a few moments. But how certain we said it last week, we're going to say it again. Miami Dolphins football, it is back. It's the best time of the year. I'm just excited to get football back, see these players develop, see what these rookies can do. We keep hearing about Mike Jasicki, you know, Minka, Xavier Howard being a shutdown corner. It'll be nice to finally see him in limited snaps, but I'm ready for Dolphins football. Yeah, exactly. Just ready to see the young guys fly around, see how they're internalizing everything that's been going on in training camp so far, see how confidently they are moving around. And it's just going to be a great atmosphere. We all know that preseason games in the long run don't really mean much uh, but it's just going to be exciting to be able to sit in front of the the computer the tv wherever y'all watch the watch the game with your family and just huddle around watching football it's gonna be fun a lot of miscellaneous stuff that we do need to talk about just some housekeeping items before we get into the 
meat and bones of our show. Madden NFL 19 coming out this week. Houts, I know you got your copy already. You've been playing all day today, falling asleep, playing the game. What are your quick reviews so far of the game? Uh, much better than I think last year. Probably the best Madden that I've played in quite some time. Uh, yes, it might just be a roster update for some people, but the graphics are sick. Uh, and anytime you get to play with the Miami Dolphins, I mean, they, that's the reason I buy Madden because no matter how they do in real life, you always have Madden to go back to, you know, play your franchise, take them to the Super Bowl, do things that they might not do in real life. So, I mean, overall, best Madden I've played in a while. It's early, but uh, I'm excited to keep playing. I saw a tweet house that said Madden is based Madden 19 is basically Madden 18 with just updated rosters. Is that true? Yeah, I think we could probably say it about every Madden for the last 10 years, yeah. but it gets me every time. As soon as you know, I said it as a joke, but as soon as that make it Fitzpatrick picture came out, that's yep. all it took for me to be suckered in. So yeah, you're you're pretty I'm weak here. Just take my money. Front. Another thing, house that we're going to touch on. At- I'm still suspended from Twitter. Yes, dropped our names on the podcast, or at least referred to us on our podcast. And I didn't really drop our names, but man, your legacy on Twitter, you can retire and go off into the sunset right now. I thought about it, but then I won't be able to see my training camp update, so gotta <laughs> gotta stick around. But she she is still suspended. Uh she did say on our podcast she doesn't know if Twitter's ever going to restore her account. So uh you come at Finsider Radio, you go down. That's just the way it goes. So that's a warning for everyone else out there. We had Quentin Poling on, he got engaged a few weeks later. We had Dan Orlowski on Finsider Radio. He got a job at ESPN a few weeks later. Miko Grimes refused to come on Finsider Radio when we asked her to to settle the score. Her account gets suspended. Coincidence? I think not. The moral of the story, come on Finsider Radio. Only great things are going to happen. Latest news, rumors, and inside information. And the latest inside news and rumors, we've had a bunch of guests on the show the past few weeks since our official relaunch, Joe Shad, Antoine Staley, and others. And this week, it's our turn to share with you what we've been hearing from people inside the building. Just the other day, I had a nice long talk with someone who works in the building and just was picking his brain on a few things of what we've been hearing on Twitter, what we've been hearing from beat reporters, and just confirming whether or not that's actually true or if it's being overstated or anything else. And we're going to get into those names. We're also going to get into real quick, Tory McTire. Is he the real deal? Or is this just a flash in the pan? And should we be concerned that Cordrea Tankersley and Tony Lippett are not really jumping in and beating out McTire at this point in preseason? We're also going to talk very briefly on the wide receiver position. Are there concerns inside the Dolphins building about the wide receiver core? Other news and notes that we're going to touch on, but before we jump into that, Houts and Sutton, we saw the training camp. We saw the depth chart come chart real quick. Sutton, your thoughts on the whole depth chart thing. We heard what Adam Gase said joking to the beat reporters when asked about whether or not um, why Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore are listed both as starters and that's because he wanted to be an certain. Do you put much socket to the depth chart as we head into the first preseason game? Nah, I don't think you can just because you see the affinity for the veterans right off the bat. So you, you certainly see the rookie bias come out and obviously things will change over time as those rookies earn the respect of everyone around them based on what they do. But I don't think you can read too much in the depth charts at this point. They're going to elevate the veterans at this point. The rookies are going to be all the way down at the bottom. I think 
Mike Jasicki and Durham Smythe were number five and number six tight end. And you're just not going to see that translate into real life. So take these with a grain of salt. You're still going to see some interesting training camp battles. I don't think anybody saw McTire versus Tankersley versus Lippitt being a viable competition, but here we are. And so you could see some other things shaking out like that. So the depth chart is absolutely a fluid thing. Please don't read too much into it at this point. Yeah, I think what Adam Gay says just goes to show you. I mean, these guys, they have to put out a depth chart before the first preseason game. It's something that all these teams do. And he just seems to be having a little fun with it. I mean, we all know Kenyon Drake, uh, he is going to be the starter. Sure, he's going to split carries there with Frank Gore, probably get sniped at the goal line, which will do all of our fantasy teams dirty. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's all just – it looks like he's just having fun with it. He's called himself an asshole for it, uh, like Sutton said. And this pretty much just goes to show you the depth chart is thrown right out the window when you got Mike Jasicki, a guy who's taking first team reps, you know, he's fifth on the depth chart. So uh, don't read too much into it. It's something that teams have to do, but I am interested to see how that number two corner spot plays out. McTire. I mean, that's a guy like we, we've all said now that he's a guy that you didn't really see even being in the battle this early on. So uh, it'll be exciting to see how that plays out. And then the wide receiver position, whether or not Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, you know, which one of those guys get more of the opportunities, uh, I'm just excited to see how some of these things play out. It's not all going to, you know, happen overnight. We're not going to know after tomorrow's game how these things are shaking up, but we should have a good idea, you know, where these players are as far as the offensive system. So, and you mentioned Tory McTire, and we're going to jump right into there right now. Tory McTire has been making waves this training camp. He basically doesn't have a whole ton of experience in his college career. He started only 11 games at cornerback, finished the season in 2016 with 49 tackles, 15 passes defense, and three interceptions playing at UNLV. Professional career was an undrafted free agent, signed with the Dolphins on May 5th, 2017, has been with the Dolphins since then, but mainly inactive over the course of last season. However, this training camp, he is running with the number one team. And when that first came out, okay, then you're thinking, okay, maybe he did some great work. Maybe they're rewarding him for a good practice here and there off the field in the meeting rooms. Then it happened again. Then it happened again. Then it happened again and again and again. And then you're looking at it. Okay, this is a trend. Okay, something's happening here. It's not just reward. He's actually playing well enough to be considered to run with the ones. And then you see Tony Lippick go down with another injury. They don't think it's too serious. So he should be back in the mix. But Cordray Tankersley also battling for that spot with McTire. Cordray, as we know, was drafted last year by the Miami Dolphins, started about halfway through the season. I thought played it pretty well. Obviously, towards the end of the season, he started getting exposed a bit more as wide receivers started figuring out his tendencies. But this season, we see McTire. So one of the things I asked that my, my source inside the building is, is this, is Torrey McTire the real deal? Or should we be concerned about Cordray Tankersley and Tony Lippitt's development? And his response was that Tory McTire is the real deal and that we should pay attention to McTire and his development because he could be the starting cornerback. Now, with that said, I also want to mention that Bobby McCain could be in play here too. He has gotten practice time on the outside during training camp in the OTAs. He is also the Miami Dolphins slot cornerback. However, when the Dolphins are in their regular personnel and their base package, we could see a combination of Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain on the outside. And when they go into their nickel and dime formations, have Bobby McCain move into the slot and have uh, McTire move into the outside there. Bobby McCain, their best cornerbacks, the Dolphins want to get their best players on the field. And this can't happen. Whether or not McTire survives through these preseason games in terms of not being exposed, in terms of not being too big for him, remains to be seen, right? Because we've seen plenty of players do very well in training camp against their own team 
But when they get into the actual game, they kind of disappear a bit. So that's going to be something to watch uh, Thursday night and as we head into the next few weeks. And that's the one of the biggest position battles on the team, if not the biggest position battle. So how it's for you, you know, what do you see shaking out here with this cornerback position? I think the best part of it is that it's a legit competition. You mentioned McTire getting those first team reps, but as did Cordrea Tankersley and Tony Lippett. So, I mean, they're giving these guys the opportunity to go out there, you know, seize their opportunity. Uh, I'm not really sure how I see it shaking out. I think Cordrea Tankersley is probably the most talented out of the bunch. Uh, you mentioned how little Tory, uh, how little he played McIntyre played in college, but you look at what he did in comparison to Lippitt at cornerback in college. And I mean, he had more game, I think you say started 11 games. I mean, that's 11 more than Tony Lippitt started at cornerback. So, I mean, uh, these guys are all young. They're all still, you know, so much potential. We saw Cordray Tankersley flash last year. Uh, you're seeing McTire flash during training camp. Tony Lippitt had his moments. Uh, it's a crapshoot. I mean, no one can sit here and tell you who's going to win this, this battle. I, I don't think Bobby McCain's going to see, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be that starting corner opposite of Xavier Howard because he's the best, if not one of the better nickel corners in the league. So I think that's kind of where he stays. I think Cordrea Tankersley ultimately wins that position battle. Another name that's been floating around is Danny Amendola. And Tom Garfinkel told WQAM Radio, the Joe Rose Show, before the Miami Dolphins scrimmage this past Saturday, that when he saw Danny Amendola in April, he looked like he was running roots like it was the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Tom Garfinkel went on to say that you know, Danny Amendola is one of the most impressive guys in that locker room with just the work ethic that he puts in, and guys are impressed with that. Now, when you look at the whole wide receiver core, it gets a little concerning, though, and there are some concerns inside the building that there is no true outside wide receiver, right? You have Devontae Parker, but you cannot rely on him because he's always injured, it seems, or there's always something going on with him. You have Kenny Stills on the outside, but stats and history shows he's better suited on the inside. You're not going to put Danny Amendola on the outside. He's a true slot receiver. They say Albert Wilson may be your number two receiver, or not number two receiver, but your outside receiver as well. But he's really more suited for the slot, and they're even talking about him getting snaps at running back and just moving him around all around the field like that chess piece. You got Isaiah Ford, who could be that outside receiver, but he has at all the past few days because of his injury. And while I, we all say Isaiah Ford can be the steal of the draft, they'll always component to that and the star the asterisk next to that is if he stays healthy and that was his problem that's why he fell so far in the draft is because he was injured and because of his injury concerns from college so Isaiah Ford as great as that story is right now if he cannot get on the field he's not going to make this team okay you have other guys there but really not a threat to play on the outside certain when we look at the outside wide receiver position are you concerned like they're like some of the people in the Miami Dolphins building are in a word yes I mean and it really boils down to Devontae Parker and what we've talked about in previous shows is we we have the you know the the wide receivers from five nine to six foot, the quick twitch guys, the guys that operate really well under the slot. And yes, we've seen these wide receivers line up on the boundary before, but they seem to find more success in the middle of the field. Well, what we've seen in years past is our boundary wide receivers not being able to win one-on-one matchups. So what happens is the safeties start to creep up a little bit because they're not worried about leaving cornerbacks on an island. So they tend to creep up a little bit. Then they're there to stuff the run game a little bit faster than we're used to. And they're able to clog up the, the, the windows in the middle of the field and the intermediate routes that we're looking to see develop. And then if our offensive line isn't blocking, then you ha- really have a recipe for disaster. I think the offensive line 
on paper looks a lot better than what we've had in the, in the past. So I think we can uh, cross that off our list a little bit, but if we're not able to win one-on-one matchups on the outside, you're going to see the middle of the field, just be a little bit more congested and running the ball be that much more difficult. So we're going to need someone to step up on the boundary, whether that's Devonte or Isaiah Ford, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, maybe we have to get creative, whatever we have to do we're going to need somebody to win some one-on-one matchups up there because if we can't, it really limits what we can do with the playbook. Another signing for the Dolphins just recently, running back Jeremy Langford last played in the NFL with very limited action with the Chicago Bears where he made that impact for about half the season there. Adam Gase signing him, Loggins, also his former offensive coordinator in Chicago as well, and coach. Now you got Kenyon Drake, you got Frank Gore, you got Balaj there. Is there room for Jeremy Langford, or is this just a favor that Adam? I'm told that it's a little bit of both in terms of you know he does have a legitimate shot, and also don't forget that if he's learning the playbook now, and there's a injury in the season, they can always call on him to come back. So it's a little bit of both there, but really more so doing Langford a favor, getting him some reps and some games, getting him on tape for some other teams to see but also giving that insurance policy. How so are you comfortable with the running back depth as it stands right now? Absolutely. I think the Dolphins have one of the better three backs in the NFL. I mean, you got, you said Drake, Gore, Balazs, and then you bring in a guy like Jeremy Langford. I, for some reason, thought he was a lot older than he was. When I looked it up, he was he's only 26 years old. He had uh, 737 yards and 10 touchdowns in the two years that he did play with Chicago. So, I mean, he has potential. He's a young guy. And like you said, he's coming in there, he can compete, and worst-case scenario, he sticks with another team. So um, you add him into the mix, and you got to feel pretty confident in what the Dolphins have at running back. All of this will shake out over the next few weeks as we head into these preseason games. Really, you're looking at preseason game three. The fourth game, as we all know, it's more for the backups and reserves trying to make the roster. We'll see how it all shakes out as we head into the regular season. Around the NFL. And it is now time to take you around the NFL. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers saying it is not about the flag, it is not about the troops, and that they should ignore President Trump's comments regarding the national anthem. Delvin Cook on the Minnesota Vikings say that the Vikings will be something special this season. Delvin Cook, as we know, stormed onto the scene last season, but then tore his ACL in the early part, but says, watch out for the Vikings. They're going to be something special in 2018. Frank Gore on on Kenyon Drake, he says, I can see why the Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi. Even before he joined Miami, Gore says that he was impressed with Kenyon Drake and the way he works on and off the field. The Oakland Raiders want Donald Penn to take a small pay cut. Donald Penn injured, coming off an injury, does not know if he is going to take that pay cut. That is something to be going to be watched because the Dolphins do play the Raiders early on in the season. The Carolina Panthers sign offensive lineman Tyler Larson to a two-year extension. Earl Thomas holding out but stops by the Texas practice not to join the Dallas Cowboys, but he did show up at the University of Texas fifth practice of fall camp in Austin on Wednesday. The 49ers will honor Dwight Clark with the statue of the catch outside of the stadium. The Houston Texans are still waiting for defensive end Jadavian Clowney to return, coming off an injury, going into a contract year. They would like to get him back on the field as soon as possible to pair with J.J. Watt, who is also coming back from an injury, so they can begin wrecking havoc on opposing offenses. 
And the one thing that we are going to talk about today around the NFL is the rookie quarterbacks, Josh Rosen, continuing to get reps in practice with the Cardinals. No real news on that front in terms of who the number one and number two is. But Sam Darnold with the New York Jets leaning towards starting Roll the Jets saying earlier that they are open to trading Teddy Bridgewater. Another rookie, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, is impressing in practice. But Hugh Jackson, who we saw on Hard Knocks on Tuesday night, says that Baker Mayfield is not the starter and it is going to be Tyrod Taylor. So that leads us into our question of the week around the NFL. Should rookie quarterbacks sit or start in their first year? Houts, I'm going to throw it your way first. What are your thoughts? I think they should, but I mean, every situation is a little bit different. You got a guy like Baker Mayfield. They traded for Tyrod Taylor there in Cleveland. He's a pretty decent quarterback. So, I mean, I don't think I'd rush Baker Mayfield into the mix, but then you look at it. Uh, Arizona where Sam Bradford I mean I feel like he had his opportunities I know they're paying him a hefty price but if Josh Rosen's a guy you invested that high first round pick in him go out there and make him the starter the same with you know Buffalo I mean AJ McCarron's gonna start there or uh, what Nathan Peterman I mean I would go all in on Josh Allen because that was the guy that you thought was your franchise quarterback so why wait a year why prolong the inevitable I mean you made a quarterback change heading into the playoffs so I mean uh, if you were willing to do that and you know give Peterman a chance over Tyrod Taylor, you should definitely have confidence that Josh Allen, the guy that you scouted, is ready to be your franchise quarterback. Uh, the one guy I would say you know would be a little bit different here, a guy like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he f- fell to the late first round, the 32nd overall pick. He's a guy who you're not going to rush out there because they have Joe Flacco. But overall, I think these quarterbacks, the way they get better, the way they continue to you know become an NFL franchise quarterback is by getting those meaningful reps. I mean, you see in preseason, sure, it's a little bit different than a college game, but at the end of the day, some of those guys, Baker Mayfield tomorrow night, he's probably going against second, third stringers. So uh, you do get that live action, but nothing compares to the game day experience. So I think that those guys, you invested a high first round pick. We saw it with the Dolphins. I know Gerard went down, but at the end of the day, Tannehill was going to get his opportunities, his rookie season, and that's the way it should be. If you invest a first round pick, I think they should start if not right away, you know, midway through the season. In a vacuum, if you can make the decision there, you'd like to sit the rookie for a year and let him kind of digest the mental aspect of things a little bit because there's just so much to playing the quarterback position. But basically what you guys are alluding to is if you draft a quarterback high, chances are you need a quarterback to start. And – You know, we all go back to Aaron Rodgers when we're all having this debate, whether you can sit a rookie or if you need to start them right away. And when I went through 2005 and went through all the first round quarterbacks, you know, I see maybe four situations where the veteran incumbent was really demonstrably better than the rookie. You just don't see it too often where Uh, You draft a rookie like that and you can just afford to sit him for multiple years. You just don't see that very often. So more often than not, you're going to have to see that rookie play sooner than later. And it's a mixed bag of results. Obviously you you see Ryan Tanhill come in and say what you want about him, but I think he's developed into a better quarterback than I think most of us would have admitted at the time. You know, when, when Tannehill was drafted at the time, the, the, the group think was that maybe we had to reach a little bit for a quarterback at that, at that spot. But um, I, I think he's had a pretty good career based on where we got him. And then you have players like Brandon Whedon that you, you 
you put out there and have absolutely no career whatsoever. So it's a mixed bag of results. But more often than not, you're going to see that rookie playing. In the Cleveland situation, I don't know. Are we going to look back in revisionist history and say that Tyrod Taylor was that much better than Baker Mayfield? I don't know that I agree with the decision the Browns are making. I, I respect the fact that Tyrod Taylor has made some plays in this league, but if I'm the Browns, I'm starting Baker Mayfield. Fantasy football. And as we head into the first preseason game and the NFL preseason, fantasy drafts are starting to fire up. And we are here to answer all of your fantasy football questions and needs as we head into the regular season. We're going to open our mailbag in the next few weeks, but for now, we're going to talk about one burning question in every fantasy football player's minds as they approach these drafts. And that is simple. And Sutton, you put up a poll on Twitter. And your question was, would you draft Tom Brady or do you draft Tom Brady in your fantasy football drafts? We're going to expand that question here on Finsider Radio and say, would you and do you draft your rivals players? So for Dolphins fans, do you draft players on the Patriots? Do you draft players on the Jets, Bills, and so forth? And this is every player's dilemma, right? You have Rob Gronkowski sitting right there on the turnaround in round one or the beginning of round two, or even at the end of round two, and you say, can I pass this value up? You got Tom Brady sitting in your face in round seven while the other top quarterbacks are off the board, and you say, can I pass this up? You have LaShawn McCoy sitting there at the end of the first round, and the top running backs are off the board, and you say, can I pass this up? I know I struggle with it every single year, but at the end of the day, I am drafting my rivals players. I am drafting Tom Brady because, listen, I don't do the free leagues. I can't get into the free leagues. It doesn't really excite me. I'm competitive. I want to play for something. So all of my leagues, all 25 of my leagues are paid leagues. And I'm just exaggerating about 25, but I am in quite a few. I think about five to seven I'll be in this year. And for me, right, I'm a huge Dolphins fan. Obviously, I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. And I live and die with the Dolphins on Sundays and throughout the week and throughout the year. But whether the Dolphins win or lose, my bills are going to remain the same. My life is going to remain the same. I'm going to wake up with the same problems. I'm going to wake up having to go to the same job, I'm going to wake up having to do the same exact stuff as I would have whether they won or lost. Now, don't get me wrong, if they win, there's an extra pep in my step, right? I'm a little more excited going to work the next day, a little more energized. I talk to my family on Sunday nights if they win, because if they lose, I don't talk to anybody for a few hours. But when you break it all down, everything is still the same. Now, if I'm winning money in fantasy football and Tom Brady's helping me win that money, and this I'm talking about, you know, five, six, seven hundred bucks because I do the big money leagues. If LaShawn McCoy is helping me win my fantasy football leagues, if Rob Gronkowski is helping me win my fantasy football leagues, I'm going to pick them and I'm going to play the board. I'm not going to jump for them. I'm not going to hide from them. If they're the best player available on my board at that time, I'm picking them. How's your thoughts on that fantasy football a ton too? Yeah, I did the same thing, you know, where I first started. I'm like, I'm a diehard Dolphins fan. I don't want anything to do with these guys. But then as you play longer and as you realize, you know, what it takes to win. I mean, Tom Brady, he's going to feast whether you have him on your fantasy team or not. I mean, he's going to go out there. He's going to be a top five, if not top three fantasy quarterback. And there's nothing that we can do about that. So so why not if there's good value there, like you said, the seventh round or when all the top quarterbacks are off the board, you have a chance to Tom Brady, you know, to be that starting quarterback. I would absolutely take the chance. I mean – 
money, uh, I guess, is more than pride to me. I'd rather win my fantasy league. Uh, I don't go out there and root for him. I'm not sitting there watching a TV hoping Tom Brady, you know, throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns. I, I don't. I completely think the opposite. I, I go out there and, you know, if he doesn't do good, I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, I'm a Dolphins fan. But I definitely don't avoid these guys. I mean, you mentioned LaShawn McCoy as a guy. I saw him fall to like the sixth or seventh round in a dynasty league. And this was after all the news broke. And I sat there and contemplated, you know, whether drafting him or taking a rookie. And I went with LaShawn McCoy because if everything's cleared, he's going to be a top five, top 10 halfback. You said Rob Gronkowski. I had him in a keeper league before. I mean, so I had these guys who are on division rivals. Uh, Yes, it might be dirty. Uh, You might look at us differently for this, but at the end of the day, it's about winning your fantasy league. It's about being better than all those other guys that you're going up against and ultimately winning money. So uh, I set my pride aside. I don't go out there and root for those people. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, when Tom Brady's playing the Dolphins, hope to God he throws for 450 yards. But if he does it, I'm going to look at it and say, you know what? Well, at least I had him in my fantasy league. But at the end of the day, I'd rather see Tom Brady, you know, go three for three for 20 for 67 yards and four interceptions than then have him go out there and succeed. So uh, put your pride aside and do what's best for your fantasy team, because at the end of the day, I mean, you want to beat those guys you're playing against. Yeah, easy for you guys to say all this. You're in 28 leagues each, and you have every configuration of a team. So <laughs> I'm I'm in I'm in one league, and I just think I can avoid it. I just I don't want that stench on my conscience. And just for the record, when I looked at the Twitter poll, it was almost two to one in favor of people not drafting Tom Brady. So I so those people are wrong, basically. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. They're all Dolphins now, fans, so that was, that's what they're going to say. Well, I think – and I have some non-Dolphins fan followers for some of the guitar stuff I do, so maybe it's even more skewed than that. It might even be three to one with Dolphins fans. Um, but I, I just find a way to just circumvent that and not draft them. He's not the only relevant fantasy quarterback out there. Drew Brees is kind of undervalued this year. He might even be ranked below Tom Brady in a lot of rankings. And you know that that Brady's production is going to fall off a cliff at some point. Hope to God it's this year. If it's not this year, then it's next year. Um, but I'm just looking at that wide receiver group. It looks pretty meh to me. I know they have they tend to make chicken salad out of chicken crap. Um, but it, it's going to be pretty difficult this year, in my opinion. I think you're going to see a much more balanced New England offense and see the running backs involved a little bit more. And I just I, I think I can avoid them entirely and not even have to do the mental gymnastics that you guys were talking about, about how if Brady does this and doesn't do that, I can just stay black and white and just openly not want Tom Brady to do anything successful. In our view. And as we head into our first preseason game, the Miami Dolphins versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there is going to be a lot to look at, but also a lot not to look at. We know our starters will play about one series, possibly two series, a few younger guys playing a bit more. But then once the second quarter begins in the third quarter and fourth quarter, we're going to see our backup players. We talked about our position battles at the top of the show with Tory McTire, Quadrea Tankersley, Tony Lippett. We talked about Devontae Parker and the, uh, the wide receiver core and how that all may shake out. We also didn't mention Jakeem Grant in that earlier conversation, but he's going to need to find time on the field as in that slot, although he did play on the outside 
just a bit in 2017. So when I look at these preseason games, right, you're not getting a whole lot out of the starters. You're not getting a whole lot of those first few series because the reality is that Dolphins and any other team in the NFL are going to be much because they don't want to tip off anything as they head into the regular season. So for me, I'm just looking at those position battles. I'm looking at the younger guys. I'm looking at the draft picks to see how they're developing, to see how they're playing. I'm going to be interested in seeing Mika Fitzpatrick and seeing how he's running out there and communicating with those guys on the field. I'm also going to be excited to see Ray Quan McMillan to see how he's moving, how he's communicating, how he's running to the ball and chasing down the offensive players. We've heard in practice reports that the defensive line has been swarming to the ball. I'm going to see if that is consistent out of all of the levels of the defensive line, first string, second string, third string, and so forth. I want to see how Frank Gore runs, although I don't know if he's going to play a ton in that first preseason game, if at all. I want to see, hopefully, Isaiah Ford playing in a live game. I want to see David Fales and Brock Osweiler compete. We know how important that backup quarterback position is, no matter how many people try to discount it. You saw the Eagles. You saw the Vikings. You saw other teams where their backup came in, and they were on fire and led their teams to respective and eventual Super Bowl champions. So we need to keep an eye on that. Just a lot of things that I'm going to be watching. No one should be looking at any of that overhead stuff. Get into the details of the game. Get into the intricacies. See what's happening and take away your thumb there. How's for you? What are you looking at on Thursday night? I mean, you touched on a lot of it. I want to see how these, you know, that number two spot, how some of these backup corners go out there and seize the opportunities they have. I want to see that Brock Osweiler, David fails because ultimately I thought they were going to draft a quarterback at least at some point in their draft this year. And they completely, uh, you know, went with what they had. So I'd like to see one of those guys step up and show that they can be a viable backup. I want to see Kalen Balaj, what he can do. You keep hearing all these things about how he's starting to flash in practice. Uh, he's a little bit of ways down the depth chart, but he should get a lot of opportunities tomorrow night because, I mean, Frank Gore shouldn't take a single snap, you wouldn't think. And Kenyon Drake should be babied throughout the first drive so uh you want to see how Balaj takes his opportunities uh Ryan Tannehill I mean this is his first time back in a long long time I just want to see him go out there even for just one series just see how he you know how he has a grasp of this offense how he shows his leadership you know who he's building those repertoires with we keep hearing about the Danny Amendola's the Mike Jasicki's I want to see him go out there and you know make some plays he's going to get a little bit of opportunity tomorrow night uh but I want to see what he can do with each and every one of them. Mika Fitzpatrick, keep hearing how he's lined up all over the defense. I want to see him get some some legit snaps. Raquel McMillan, please, God, just make it out of tomorrow night's game. I mean, that was one of the most devastating things a year ago. Uh, I, I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Just stay healthy. Have those young players develop. Let's see some of these guys, you know, step up and take the next step. Whoever it may be, just have these rookies just go out there. Some of these guys who are, you know, two, three-year players who haven't been with the team that long, let them seize their opportunities and make the most of it because this is how uh, winning football teams are built. So I'm excited for football. Just please stay healthy. Yeah, we've been fortunate with injuries so far. You know, We're still waiting to hear um, what happened with Tony Lippett. Some, some outlets are reporting it as a foot injury. Some outlets are reporting it as an ankle injury. We're still waiting to see what happened there. You know, William Hayes tweaked his hammy a little bit, but he should be back soon. Isaiah Ford tweaked his shoulder a little bit, but he was back at practice. So what you'd like to see is no injuries, no Raekwon McMillan on special teams. And our boy Quentin Poling, you know, I went to OU, so I'm, I'm hoping the best for him. I'll admit my bias right now and like to see him just 
fly around, make plays on special teams and on defense and just carve a niche on the team. Just speaking to Ryan Tannehill and what we can kind of expect there back in 2016, Tannehill was in two drives for the first preseason game. They were both three and out. He was just two for four for eight yards, pretty vanilla stuff. So I don't know if we'll see him in two drives this year, maybe just one. We'll, we'll see in 2017 it was just a little bit different since Jay Cutler was signed four days before the first preseason game. So you map, you saw Matt Moore just take one drive and then Brandon Dowdy took the next drive and the rest was history there. But uh, another thing that I had mentioned a couple weeks ago in the show was the leading with the helmet rule. And we saw in the hall of fame game, how that played out a little bit certainly seems like the, how the rules being interpreted maybe need to be shifted just a little bit because the product was pretty bad to watch. I mean, it's, it's preseason football. I think we all know that, but um, we, we want to see this rule really. I mean, at the end of the day, you want the players to be to be healthy. You don't want it to sacrifice the speed and the aggression of the game. So I'm hoping that there's a middle ground there that they can find where uh, they can get these calls right on, on, on most occasions. Uh, just saw too many errors in that first game. So you're, you're I'm wondering to see how that's going to play out with the Dolphins game against the Buccaneers on Thursday. We've said it so many times on this show today and the previous weeks, but, and it's almost cliche at this point, but it's true. We'll see how all of this unfolds over the next few weeks. No one knows a ton right now, obviously in the building, there are thoughts of who's going to do well, who's not going to do well. One thing Garfinkel mentioned on the Joe Rose show was that the coaches have told him that they're quite impressed with Robert Quinn and his get off and, and off the snap. So if he plays on Thursday night, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. So any last thoughts, how Sutton as we head into Thursday night and week one of NFL preseason? Just one more thing real quick. Temper your expectations. I mean, good or bad. I mean, we know how Dolphins Twitter can be, how we all are during games. Temper expectations. This is the first preseason game. There's lots of kinks to get out. Don't sit here and, you know, this guy's a bust. Or, you know, maybe the Dolphins go down the field and score a touchdown right away. Just temper your expectations. Enjoy football and, and let this thing play out. And just one more note about the the cornerback battle. Tory McTire is size-wise is more akin to Bobby McCain than he is to Tony Lippett or Cordea Tankersley or Xavier Howard. So just keep that in mind that Torrey McTire, although he's been getting first-round reps, we might need to get him um, to be able to play both nickel and boundary. The more we're cross-training back in that group, the better off we're going to be. Enjoy the first preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Miami Dolphins football is back. Let's pray for no injuries, knock on wood. Let's pray for a great game. Let's pray for progress. And let's hope that there's quick development with our young guys and have them shake out and move into week two, week three, and then the regular season. For Houts MD and certain the creepy soccer dad, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you next week. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.
Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins. Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Verge Cast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. So you listen to podcasts, check it out.